Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, fellow Levinites, this is a night where we have to get to the bottom of the fake obstruction claim by the Mueller probe, because it is fake, and as Mark Levin himself said, it's a long, long New York Times op-ed. Welcome tonight. The great one is off in observance of Passover. Rich Zioli, happy to be with you from Mark's home city of Philadelphia. It's amazing, too, when you think about this notion of Trump obstructed, the president obstructed. He obstructed justice, a crime he didn't commit, but he tried to cover it up. He tried to obstruct a crime he did not commit. He knew he didn't commit it, but he tried to obstruct justice anyway to cover up a crime that he knew he didn't commit. A crime that they know and knew he did not commit. And yet he had to obstruct. And think of their reasoning about this. The reasoning is that the president wanted Mueller fired at one point, wanted Rosenstein to do it, and Rosenstein didn't do it. And Dan McGahn, Don McGahn, the White House counsel, wouldn't do it. Now, you know, one of the key things about leadership, about being an elected official, about being in government, uh, I've always been the guy behind the guy, but I can tell you that politicians are often very, very emotional. There's a lot of people coming at them. Now, put yourself in Donald Trump's shoes for a moment. You have been told since you got there relentlessly that you're a spy, you're a Russian stooge, you're Putin's little buddy, you're all this stuff. And night after night, you turn on the TV and what do you hear? You hear talking head after talking head going on about the walls are closing in. It's almost over. The presidency's collapsing. Watergate, Watergate. And the kids, your kids are going to jail, too. They're going every night, night after night, night after night after night. And they launch this investigation into collusion. You know there's no collusion. They know there's no collusion. And at some point, in addition to being the president and dealing with all the pressures and stresses of being the president of the United States... You have to deal with all that night after night, day after day, and everybody thinking the walls are closing in. Well, at some point it gets to you. You know, part of the reason why men like the president, governors, senators, reason why they keep advisors around them is because the job takes a lot out of you. And you want to be sober of mind. You want to be reasonable and rational. You don't want to do something out of emotion, out of passion, out of impulse. So you ask advice, you say things sometimes, you blow off steam, and your advisors give you advice. The advisors gave the president advice, and he took it. He did not fire Robert Mueller. He didn't order anybody to fire Robert Mueller. If he did order anybody to fire Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller would have been fired. Presidents give orders, and people follow them, and if they don't follow them, then other people will. And there was nothing illegal about this order. This wasn't a war crime. He had every right to fire Robert Mueller if he wanted to. But now we hear from people that because his advisors gave him advice and the president took that advice, that it's obstruction of justice because in his heart, he thought those things in the first place. Therefore, it's obstruction of justice. So he didn't carry it out. 
but he thought about it, so it's the same thing. He didn't do it, but he wanted to, and he thought about it, so it's the same thing as doing it. Now, in what kind of a world is that, by the way, where that makes any logical sense? You think about something, it's in your head, it's in your heart, somebody talks you out of it, you don't do it. But you're still guilty of doing it, even if you had done it. That's exactly the argument that the Democrats and ever-Trumpers and so many in the media are arguing at this very moment. That because the president at one point, or two points, or seven points, or 75 points, thought about firing Mueller, that is obstruction of justice. And I love this one, too. The only reason why he did not succeed is because his advisors stood in his way. They would not let him do it. They wouldn't let the president do it? No, they gave him advice. They said, I'm not doing it. If you want to do it, get somebody else to do it, which he could have done. You notice that Don McGahn, the White House counsel, was willing to resign. In other words, he was willing to go so somebody else could do it, and nobody else needed to because the president changed his mind. This president did not cover up anything. He didn't invoke executive privilege. He gave full cooperation to the investigation. Oh, but the fact that he thought about firing Mueller, that's obstruction of justice. Didn't do it, but he wanted to, but he didn't, but he thought about it. So what? So if you're on a diet, you know, you think about sometimes ordering cake. You don't. You go to dinner and you want pie, but you don't order the pie, but you thought about it. In fact, you went to order it, but then your wife talked you out of it. Like, honey, listen, you're doing great. Don't order the pie. Now, are you guilty of eating the pie, even though you didn't order it, but you wanted to? It looks so good. And it had, had it not been for your wife, you would have eaten the pie. So therefore, but you don't understand that the, um, I mean, you do understand very, very well because you are an avid student of Mark Levin that uh, the media, which is corrupt. I can't wait to read Mark's new book, by the way, which pre-order it, please, at Amazon.com. The media is completely in the tank. Obviously, we know that. But the narrative for them is obstruction of justice. It's got to fill time on the airwaves. People tune in to MSNBC for a reason. They go to a steakhouse for steak. MSNBC, the steak they serve night after night is Trump is going to be removed from office. They have been promising their viewers that, however many that they have, not many, more than CNN. But they've been promising them this night after night, and they don't want to let them down. So now that it's been determined that there was no collusion, they have to give them something else. So what they're serving them now is a steaming pile of obstruction is also a steaming pile of something else. And they're doing this to keep them tuned in so that they'll keep tuning into Rachel Maddow and crazy Lawrence O'Donnell and the 11th hour of Brian Williams. And every night they'll hear the same thing. The walls are closing in. It's Watergate. It's a matter of time. It's essentially exactly where we were in 2017. So the Mueller report concludes there's no collusion, yet we're ex- in the exact same place we were. You notice that? We are in the exact same place we were before the Mueller report was was concluded. And in this time, instead of saying collusion over and over again, they just say obstruction. They just swap one word for the other. Now it's obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. It was collusion, collusion. Now it's obstruction, obstruction. But it's the same plot line, right? You turn on the television. You watch these shows. Thank God you don't. You're too smart for that. But if you do and you hear them say, well, now it's on. I mean, now this time they're really going to get them. Now they're serious. Now Gerald Nadler is serious. He's really going to get the president now. And the entire time of the Russia collusion, they were saying the exact same things. Except for that pesky problem of there was no collusion. So now it's obstruction. They just changed the narrative. And tomorrow it could be something else, but right now it's obstruction. And it's amazing how there are some Republicans like Mitt Romney 
and others who come out and say, I'm so disappointed at this president. Why? What did he do exactly? What did this president do that you're so disappointed in? Well, he thought about firing Mueller. Okay, again with the thoughts, okay? It's more than just thoughts. It has to be an action. In order for it to be criminal, you have to actually do something. Not just think about doing something. We all don't live in a bad Tom Cruise movie. Minority Report was not that bad, but you get the point. Your thoughts are not enough. They're not enough, thank God. At least not yet. But under our Constitution, it takes more than that. Yes, thoughts are part of it. Your mens rea, your state of mind when you commit something. But beyond that, you have to actually commit it. So today we have Gerald Naller, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, with the subpoenas. And we have the media running around going subpoenas, subpoenas. And you know what? Here's the silver lining in all this. The Democrats are committing political suicide. They really are. They're committing political suicide. The average person doesn't care about this stuff. But there's a very, very fine line between not caring and then completely flipping and turning around and saying, enough. We care. You and I care. We care. Mark Levin cares. Obviously, we all care. But to somebody who doesn't live this stuff, who just wants to live their life, they got the kids' college, they got the mortgage, they got the dog, and they're worried about For them, they've looked at this, they've tuned in here and there, and they've thought, okay, I want to make sure there's no collusion, right, obviously. But at some point, they go from casually looking to being completely fed up, completely fed up with how the Democrats are handling this. And that's the moment where it backfires on them. It politically backfires, just like it did to the Republicans when Clinton was president. And this time around, the Democrats are just so their hatred of this president consumes them to a degree that they are making major tactical mistakes. It's like the Godfather. Never hate your enemies because it clouds your judgment. Well, their judgment is very clouded, which is good. Very good. Believe me, I'm not suggesting that they change. In fact, I want them to be clouded. But remember, as they're clouded in their judgment, it forces all the other Democrats to do the exact same thing. And instead of talking about the economy, which is great, and part of the reason why they don't want to talk about the economy is because it's, it's, it's gangbusters. It's doing great. Instead, what they do is they turn around and they all try to outleft each other this time around with, in addition to socialism and Medicare for all and the Green New Deal, with who will be the first one to call for the president's impeachment? Well, today, Elizabeth Warren jumped up to say she is all in on impeachment. She's one 1,024th Native American, but she's 100 percent behind impeachment and she's in, which means that all the others will do the same thing. They'll do the exact same thing. Each one of them, one after another, will turn around and say, yeah, me too, me too, me too. Meanwhile, every single person who doesn't care, who just lives their life, is looking at the economy and thinking, why are the Democrats such fools? Why are they acting this way? They cleared the guy. He didn't collude with Russia. What's the problem? And they don't want to get into the weeds of the Mueller report. Nobody's reading the Mueller report. I'm telling you right now, outside of Mark Levin and me and some other people, nobody is reading the Mueller report. There's not a single mom driving her kids to soccer tomorrow who's going to stop and go, you know, while they're playing, I'm going to check out the Mueller report, read volumes one and two. There's not a dad working at a coal mine in Pennsylvania who's going to come home, crack a beer, crack a yingling open, and then let me sink my teeth into the Mueller report. It's just not how real people live. Nobody does. And because they don't understand that, because they live in a bubble of Washington, and they live in a bubble of the media, and they think that everybody thinks like they do, they don't understand that. They don't understand that. The average cop on his beat when he gets a break is not pulling the Mueller report up on his phone. I'm telling you that. I'm the son of a police officer. 
they don't do that. It's not how it's going to be. Normal people, and yes, I say normal people, because if you're outside of Washington, you're outside of the media, you are, in fact, a normal person. They're not going to read the Mueller report, and if they did, they would say the exact same thing that everybody else is saying, which is, hey, it says he didn't collude with Russia. What's the problem? This notion of obstructing justice, obstructing justice to hide a uh, investigation of a crime you didn't commit when you never actually did anything to hide the investigation is a farce. It also goes to a mindset, though, a mindset of people who don't really care about liberty. You know, because if you care about liberty, then you don't want the government to be able to just railroad somebody. You don't want nonstop investigations. You don't want the government interfering in our in our presidential elections. You don't want police state tactics. You don't want the government spying on people. You don't want these things. But if you do love big government, if you really don't like liberty, if you're all in on the authoritarianism, then you do. You really do. And get them whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever you got to do. The truth of the matter is, is that if you are someone out there advocating obstruction of justice, you really don't care about liberty. That's the truth. You've exposed yourself as somebody who doesn't care about liberty. But I want to hear what you have to say on this tonight. 877-381-3811 is our number. 877-381-3811. Rich Zioli, the honor of being in for the great one. Mark Levin, 877-381-3811. Mark Levin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot Hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. The notion of obstruction requires a crime that you'd have to cover up, which there isn't any. Don't let that stand in the way. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Show. The great one out tonight. In observance of Passover, Rich Zioli in for Mark. Don't forget on Freedom of the Press, Mark's new book. Please pre-order it at Amazon. It's coming out very soon. Pre-order it now. All right, look, let's uh, let's understand a couple of things. First of all, when I say the average person is not reading the Mueller report, I mean that when people go out to dinner at a candlelight restaurant, they're not d- even discussing the Mueller report. This does not exist outside of the world of the bubble, the swamp, etc. It doesn't. But what does matter, the economy is not what the Democrats want to focus on. Remember that. And if they talk about the economy, they lose. They lose, which is why they're terrified to bring it up. 
But I would love to know if you can prove to me that the president committed a crime, that he obstructed justice. I would love to hear from you on this. So let's start with uh, Rich in Jacksonville, Florida. Rich, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody can hear you. Start talking. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Hi. Yeah, my name is Rich, and I I don't know if I'll prove anything to you, but I'd like to suggest a couple of corrections to what you've been saying. I'm a liberal for my life, but love listening to Levin, listen to him all the time. And I've never called him, but I've, I've thought about doing it to say it's just amazing. We're about... We're both from Philadelphia. We're both Jewish guys. We both love liberty. And then beyond that, we don't agree on much of anything. But great. In reading, What's your the, point? in reading the Mueller report, the name of the crime is not collusion. It's conspiracy. And there is a big difference. There is no crime of collusion. And the crime of conspiracy, I happen to know because I teach it. And the crime oh. of conspiracy involves proving that two or more people agreed to actually do something in the future, and they intended to do that thing in the future. You teach that, huh? That must be a riveting class to attend. It is. My students Wow. And that's what you teach. If two or more people plot to do something in the future, that's a conspiracy. Agreed. You know what you should do on your conspiracy classes? You should talk about actual conspiracies. I do. But anyway, my class Like, Rich, Rich, did we actually go to the moon? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, see, that's a cons- I just gave you a topic for your class. Was Kennedy a conspiracy or not, or did they? Or was it just Lee Harvey Oswald? Which one? Uh, on that, I am agnostic. I'm not sure. Oh, uh, we should take your class. I'd love. Do you have an online version of your class? I do online, but it's not a class on conspiracy. It's a class oh. on law. For oh. People taking the bar exam. I prepare them for the bar exam, and part of preparing them for that is teaching them. Criminal law, which includes the crime of conspiracy. But and what was the conspiracy that they wanted to commit in this conspiracy? Well, let's back up one step. No, quickly, quickly. What did they try to do? What did they conspire to do? Quickly. They conspired for Russia to assist Donald Trump's campaign in winning the elections by trashing Hillary Clinton through a series of uh, 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 various things through Facebook and other things that I don't much like anyway. So trashing Hillary Clinton is the problem. Trashing her. No, that's how that's, that's how they intended to throw the election to Donald Trump by trashing no, no, no. Hillary Clinton no, on Facebook, along no. with 300 million people in America. All right. Listen, go prepare your class for Monday. I appreciate it very, very much, Rich. Thank you. Uh, listen, no, the idea of people trashing Hillary Clinton, that is not collusion. That's not illegal. There's nothing nefarious about it. Certainly not a crime. Certainly not obstruction of justice. Good try, though. I'd love to take your class. Rich Zioli in for the great one. Mark Levin, 877-381-3811. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. So now that Elizabeth Warren has called for the president's impeachment, you know that all the other Democrats will probably have to do the exact same thing. The question is, will Joe Biden, when he gets in the race next week, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. Rich Zioli, your fellow Levinite. From Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, 877-381-3811. Let's understand the fact that you can't just make crimes up, right? You just can't make stuff up. So the last caller, professor, he said the crime is conspiracy. Uh, great. Well, why didn't Mueller list that? Why didn't, why didn't that come up in the report? Uh, the fact is that they didn't commit a crime. Two people deciding to trash Hillary Clinton on Facebook uh, with anybody else's help is not a crime. They haven't done anything wrong there. That's the problem. The problem in this whole thing with collusion for them from day one has always been a really just political problem that in politics, people say mean things about each other and they try to find dirt on each other. Much like how the Clinton campaign and the DNC tried to find dirt on the president using this dossier. Remember the dossier? What you do is in a campaign, you do opposition research and you try to find dirt, you try to find whatever you can. But who you talk to is not a problem as long as you don't break the law. In other words, if I steal information from a candidate's former employer, that's a problem. If I talk to a candidate's former employer, it's not a problem. If I try to steal someone's college transcripts so I can affect an election, that's, that's not a problem as long as I don't steal the college transcripts. If I steal them, then I've broken the law. But if I just get them and then I publish them on Facebook, I haven't broken the law. Now, you could argue that those tactics are slimy and you could argue that I, the ethics and... But what you can't do is say that a crime has been committed because that is politics. You dig dirt, you put it out there, which is exactly what they tried to do with the dossier. And now we know at least several of those claims have been officially debunked by Robert Mueller's report. The fact is that the Michael Cohen, the worst attorney in America, never went to Prague. Never went to Prague. Michael, Michael Cohen did not go. That's something Robert Mueller proved. And the other thing that was very obvious after the Mueller report came out is that when they allege in the dossier all this other stuff that the president did with regards to them having tapes on him, unsubstantiated, unsubstantiated, can't can't prove any of that stuff. The notion that he was being blackmailed because they had tapes of Donald Trump in Russia doing things. Nope, can't prove it. Sorry, not there. And it all falls apart. But imagine you're Donald Trump and the entire time you're president of the United States, you've got to listen to this stuff day in, day out. You know you're innocent. You haven't done anything wrong. You won the presidency not because the Russians changed the outcome of the votes in Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania. You won the presidency because you related to people in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Ohio and Florida. You related to them. You talked to them. You campaigned there. Unlike your opponent who took those states for granted. You worked hard. You had the better message. You won. 
but nobody wanted you to win, and so they keep saying you're illegitimate, and worse, they say you're a criminal and a spy. They launch an investigation, which we know from the text messages between Lisa Page and Peter Strzok, the lovebirds at the FBI, we know the investigation was the thing the whole time, to try to derail the presidency by having the investigation, and then just the, the wheels would be grinded to a halt. Nothing would get done. People would abandon him politically. His support would just tank, and it, it, he'd be a one-term president if he even made it. That was their insurance policy. That's what they wanted to achieve. And it almost worked because the frustration that Donald Trump felt throughout this when he said, my presidency is effing over and calling people and saying, I want this guy gone, fire him. That's a natural reaction. It's what they were trying to do. And a person who was weaker than Donald Trump is, a person who didn't have the same kind of a, a backbone, want to fight back, that kind of New York, I'll you know, punch you in the face kind of a mentality, might have dropped out, might, might have said enough, might have become a weak president who could achieve nothing, but that's not Trump's nature. Trump's nature is to fight back, so he did fight back. And all these other people were telling him not to, and Trump said, I'm fighting back. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to bash this guy. I'm going to call this what it is, a witch hunt collusion, because he knew he was innocent and because it's not his nature to let him become a weak person. And that's what they were trying to do. But night after night, he had to fight this. Night after night, one crazy montage after another. In fact, uh, my producer here in Philly, he put together a little montage. some montages for you here. First of all, this is the media who said Trump would end up impeached or in handcuffs over Mueller's report. This is from 2017, 2018, on and on it goes. This is what Donald Trump had to hear every day. He may be the first president uh, in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time. Do you agree with Congressman Adam Schiff, who is going to be the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, that President Trump could be uh, indicted and possibly face jail time after he leaves office? Yes. If we do the investigations, the information is there. We're fiddling while Rome is burning. This president needs to be impeached. I wouldn't be surprised after all of this is said and done that some people end up in jail. You know, and I think they're shocked that the noose is tightening the, and that people might go to jail. You're exactly right. For the that, rest of their lives. I know. I think they're all going to jail. But you think some people are going to wind up in jail, not just one individual, but people, plural. Is that what you're saying? That's my impression, yes. It's not out of the question that a uh, Senate could convict on impeachment mm. charges. He has no idea that right. he's going down. It certainly looks uh, like they are the kind of offenses uh, that would call for impeachment hearings. Absolutely, I think he can be looked at and perhaps even charged with obstruction of justice. But at this point, uh, you're confident that at least some Trump associates will wind up in jail. If I was betting, I would say yes. Do you think at the end of the day, if Trump chooses the country over his own family, is that a good thing? Yeah. Or would you rather him vice versa? Well, I think they're all going to end up together in prison. All right. In prison. Family in prison together, sharing a cell. So he's a dad. He's a grandfather. He's got to listen to that night after night. And then he gets frustrated and he says, I want him gone. And for that, they say obstruction of justice. He doesn't carry through it. But that, for that, for thinking that, for feeling that way, a natural human reaction. Now, I read the article in Politico, I guess it was, yesterday. Now, CNBC. Mueller report recounts 10 episodes involving Trump and questions of obstruction. I read this stuff, and it is laughable. 
They actually use as justification of obstruction the fact that Trump was trashing Jeff Sessions on Twitter. Yeah, Jeff Sessions, who had recused himself, the president trashing him on Twitter for recusing himself is obstruction of justice. In what world is that obstruction of justice? Or the president going after Robert Mueller on Twitter or calling a collusion on or calling it a, a cover up, a witch hunt on Twitter. The, the special counsel found no evidence, really, but they wanted to allude to things so that Congress could have something to do so that the people who worked for Mueller would feel like, you know, we gave them a chance. We gave them something to look into. And look at all these instances of possible obstruction of justice. Of course, in this entire conversation of obstruction of justice, the underlying crime of collusion with Russia never happened. I'd like to know something. When did Mueller know that, by the way? When do you think Robert Mueller and his team knew there was no collusion? Why did he not come out and say anything? Why did he not come out and say, listen, I just want the American people to know your president did not collude with Russia. Go about your day. We'll look at other stuff, but just wanted you to know no collusion. He's not a criminal. Go ahead. Godspeed. Enjoy the rest of your day. Why did he not do that? You know, a great point that everybody I think should be feeling right now is, wow, isn't it amazing our president did not collude with Russia? Isn't that a great thing? We should all be good. We should be celebrating that fact right now. It's a beautiful thing. Our president did not collude with Russia. Great thing. He won the election fair and square. He's not a Putin puppet. Look at us. We're not doing that now, are we? I mean, we are, but they're not. Why are they not doing that? Because they were so hoping it would come true, and now that it hasn't come true, they want to focus on something else. But the question of, why did Robert Mueller not hold a press conference, I don't know, six months ago, and come out and say, listen, here's the deal. We're going after some other people here, but not Donald Trump, the president did not collude. I hear the media reports. I hear the stories. But I want everybody to know we're moving on. We have to look into what Russia did because Russia did try to affect our election, no doubt. But I, as special counsel, want you to know, the American people, sleep well tonight because your president did not collude. Why did he not do that? The fact that he didn't do that is very, very suspect, in my opinion. And so when you read the Mueller report and you see all these little Easter eggs of potential collusion, potential obstruction of justice, I mean, that he might have planted here and there. You understand why it is that Mark's point on Fox News this morning was the special counsel wants Congress to have something to look into. He wants them to look into this. He wants to give them something. And what did he want to give them exactly? He wanted to give them an argument that, look, maybe Trump is a criminal. Maybe he is. Maybe he shouldn't be there. And I think it's because Robert Mueller comes from that world of the swamp that doesn't want him there. Does not want him there. They don't want President Trump there. And he wasn't supposed to be there. And now that he is there, they, they won't embrace him. That's why the same Never Trump Republicans, you notice that, are all saying the exact same thing as the Democrats are tonight, which is, eh, well, it's obstruction. That's eh, obstruction. There comes a point where I think the average American person, the average voter looks at this and goes, you people are insane. You people are insane. Give the guy a break. And then actually what happens is like a boomerang effect. Then they come around, they become even more diehard devoted to him. I've met people, I'm sure you have as well, who have, uh, they weren't with Trump originally. Yeah, they were just kind of, uh, I don't know, they didn't like him or they voted for him, but they weren't happy about it. Or There were a lot of people who were very early on, very passionate about this president, but there were others who held their nose and voted. I have met a lot of those people who have said, I am all in now, not only because of the actions he's doing as president, but because they keep attacking the guy. It doesn't end. Now, you would think the Democrats would look at that and say, you know, every time we 
come after him every time. He winds up, his support just increases. His base doubles down, and other people look at him and say, he's a, he's a victim here. Why don't we move on? Why don't we drop this and move on? But they can't because of their hatred that consumes them, which is good for Donald Trump and his reelection. All right, let's go back to the phones, shall we? Uh, let us go to Steve in Cape May, New Jersey. Steve, you're on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich. How are you? Hi, Rich. Uh, it's good to hear your voice on, on the Mark Levin Show. I get to hear you every Thank once you. in a while when I'm in the Philadelphia area, and you always make me laugh, even though I'm upset about what I'm hearing. Um, but the reason I was calling was that today as I was listening to Fox News, I, I, the thought occurred to me, what exactly is the justice that our president was supposed to have obstructed? The only justice that, that we know of is that it was found that there was no collusion. And he couldn't have obstructed that. If, if anything, he obstructed injustice. And I don't think that's a crime, you know, to obstruct injustice. But he certainly didn't obstruct the justice of the thing at all. And, right, he cooperated and, fully. He didn't use executive yeah, privilege. It, he let everybody talk to the special counsel, did everything he could. Right, and, and, and he even said to, to everyone, here's the justice. There was no collusion, you know. And, and I, I don't know, that, that you had a caller who was talking about conspiracy. I would say if I wanted to be involved in a conspiracy, the last person I would want to be in a conspiracy with would be Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't think he could conspire to do anything without, without t- tweeting about it or something. Right, like um, letting everybody know. Yeah. So It's a know, great point. Not, if you had committed collusion, why would you ever go out there and say witch hunt and everything? You wouldn't be constantly talking about it. Right. Uh, which is another good point to make. Hey, Steve, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate you catching me in Philly when you're in the area very much. Thank you. 877-381-3811 is the number. The president just retweeted Mark Levin, by the way. You can follow Mark, of course, on Twitter at Mark Levin Show. The president just retweeted him because of an article on Breitbart where Mark says it's obvious from day one there is no collusion. I'll play you some of the audio of his appearance on Fox and Friends. And the question for you is, if you think I'm wrong, if you think Mark's wrong, if you think the president of the United States did obstruct justice, make an argument. I don't want to hear about your biography. I don't want to hear about what classes you teach. Make an argument. What is the argument? Make it if you can, if you can. But I have to warn you, you're probably going to lose. But if you can, try to make it. 877-381. You're definitely going to lose. 877-381-3811. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. 
with you tonight, your fellow Levinite, Rich Zioli out of Philadelphia. By the way, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I, if you'd like to follow along at home. And, of course, the number, 877-381-3811. I need to hear from you if you disagree with me on the fact that uh, my point is, as is Mark's point, the president did not obstruct justice. That's all. If you you want to make your case, I want to hear from you. Make your case. But you got to be cogent, you got to be uh, succinct, and you have to actually have a valid point. And the problem is that right now everybody is uh, is theorizing and they're being hypothetical and if this or that or what if this or what if that, you have to be able to prove a case. See, this is the underlying fact here. In our system of justice, thank God, you are innocent till proven guilty. You don't have to fight for your innocence. You are innocent. So the government proves that you are guilty. The government's job is not to vindicate you. The government's job is not to exonerate you. The government's job is to prosecute you if they think they can win. That's what they do. The Bill of Rights is your protection against your government. It's your protection from your government. It's the protection of you as an individual and the states from the federal government. And the concept that's enshrined in there is protecting you in many ways from a government that wants to use its powers to punish its political enemies. And so that's why you have all these presumptions of innocence. It's why you have this fundamental right to be left alone. And if the government thinks you committed a crime, they they have to prove it. But you can't just make stuff up. you got to be able to prove it. And that's the fact. When when people in the media go, well, Mueller couldn't prove it, but it's still... No, 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 no. That's it. That's how it works, period. Mueller couldn't prove it. There's no other dot, dot, dot. End it right there. Stop. Stop right there. You just said Mueller can't prove it. But, but then you hear people like that professor earlier. But I, but I think what happened is it doesn't matter what you think. We just spent millions of dollars on an, an investigation that lasted for, what, two years? For a report that's 400 pages long in two volumes that does not say they could prove the president committed a crime. So, the, so what they leave is they leave this, this open area of obstruction And they say, well, maybe Congress can figure it out. Okay, well, then I'm asking you then. Prove it. Prove the obstruction. If you hate Donald Trump, you want to see him go, you're one of these people right now that are rooting for him to fail, show me where this president has obstructed justice. Make your point. But you notice, though, people can't. They can't make the point because at the end of the day, I think you're smart enough to know that just because you have an idea of doing something but you don't do it doesn't mean you've done it. You can have an idea of doing something. You can have a thought tonight of driving home drunk, but you decide not to because somebody talks you out of it. You haven't committed DUI. And it's not that somebody stopped you. Somebody gave you good advice. You took it. And that's exactly the point. You're supposed to be judged on your actions, not your thoughts. We don't have thought crimes, and we certainly don't have these crimes of the heart where, well, in his heart and soul, he committed collusion and obstruction, so there you go. No, not how it works. You have to actually do it. The government has to be able to prove it. And no one has been able to make a case yet that this president has obstructed justice. Maybe you will. Rich Zioli in for the great one. Mark Levin, 877-381-3811. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. And of course, the media. 
complicit in all this. They have a lot to answer for, but they're still talking about obstruction and impeachment. Welcome back to the show. The great one is off tonight. Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Great to be with you tonight. And, of course, our number, 877-381-3811. Mark has a book coming out to expose the media. It's called On Freedom of the Press. Pre-order it now at Amazon, if you would. I was watching just a few moments ago, CNN and MSNBC, kind of going back and forth. Let's read the um, Cryon, Chiron, whatever the hell it's called, on the uh, on, on the ticker there on CNN. Breaking news. Okay, breaking news now. This is breaking news. Trump threatens retaliation over Mueller report, says it's time, time to turn the tables, and claims total BS. Okay, so that's breaking news right now that they have on... And, of course, everybody on CNN is talking about how uh, impeachment is inevitable. It's it's only a matter of time. And I feel like we've seen this before, haven't we? Have we not watched this play out uh, before, like five minutes ago and two days ago and two months ago and almost two years ago? MSNBC right now, uh, this is uh, Hardball with uh, Chris Matthews. Uh, breaking news, of course. Mueller report, Trump campaign in Russia had a relationship of mutual benefit. That's the That's their big breaking news. That's not collusion. That's not collusion. But hey, you know what? They have to serve their viewers something. And they're not going to serve them the truth because the truth doesn't get them ra- They don't have ratings. Let me rephrase. The truth doesn't get them a chance of having ratings. And that's the problem for them. So they've got to keep hope alive. And keep hope alive is just eh, impeachment's coming. It's coming right around the corner. Now, who are the people that are complicit with the media in pushing all these lies? John Brennan. How about John Brennan, notorious liar John Brennan, or Clapper, also a notorious liar. And uh, these guys who had access to all this secret information went on TV, former CIA guy, former national intelligence guy, go on TV. Oh, we know things. We know, we know, believe me, we know things, all right? In June of 2017, James Clapper, Former CIA Director John Brennan, former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, in 2017, Clapper said the Watergate scandal pales in comparison to the investigation into Trump's 2016 campaign. In March of 2018, Brennan said in MSNBC's Morning Joe that the Russians probably have something damaging on Trump as justification for why the president was conducting himself a certain way with respect to dealing with Russia. So here you have two national security guys, at least on two separate occasions, but even more, who are going on TV and saying, listen, they we know stuff. We know more than you. And when the Mueller report comes out, it'll all come to light. When the Mueller report came out, they immediately ran to hide and say, well, we I mean, we're not surprised. We're not really we didn't expect anything would really come. No, you've been telling people for two years the Mueller report would would expose all of it. And these guys would go on MSNBC and go on CNN over and over and over again, and they would lead on their viewers. They would they would lead them on. They would make them believe that they knew something to help them get through the next couple of years. And that something is the end of the road's coming. Don't worry, the walls are closing in. And that's what they did. Now, if you're somebody who can't accept the results of the 2016 election, I get it. Denial is a happy place. It really is. You get to just enjoy life on your terms in denial. It's fun. And you need coping mechanisms, too. When you have a big loss in life, you need coping mechanisms. And one of the coping mechanisms that people use is to pretend like there's another reality that's in existence. Some people go to a happy place. In this case, they go to a very angry place, MSNBC and CNN. And they go there so that they can hear, listen, 
The election was stolen by the Russians, and he's going to be gone, so don't you worry about it. Just give it time. Couple months, couple days, couple weeks, we'll get there. Now, if they believed there was no hope, I don't know what they'd do, but it would be dangerous and ugly. So, in some ways, MSNBC and CNN are doing them a favor. They're doing them a great service because they're keeping them from probably jumping off bridges or doing something worse. That's a very important point of all this. You know, it's like a bad breakup. If you think there's a chance she'll come back, you know what I mean? So you listen to the records, you turn on the songs, and it feels good to hurt, but you think there's a chance. The minute you realize there's no chance, she's never coming back, that's a hard thing to accept. You know, and if you have friends, they try to get you through that and say, listen, um, how about turning off the, uh, the Elton John and maybe moving on with your life? But if you're a company that makes money off of people in denial, who believe that tomorrow is going to be the day, that's how you make your money. You're going to keep serving them that stuff. If you're the radio station that plays sad records all day long because sometimes it feels so good to hurt so bad, well, then you're going to play those songs. That's what you do. And these stations play the same shtick night after night. Impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. The walls are closing in. Here's a little montage uh, from Newsbusters. Uh, literally, the walls are closing in. It's just a combination of people, all kinds of different people in the media, saying the exact same thing over and over again in the period of a year and a half, literally saying the exact same thing over and over and over again. Now, put yourself in the mindset of somebody who cannot live a day without being angry at Trump and angry at life and just having the derangement syndrome. This is the kind of reassuring hope they need to get through their day. Cut to closing in on the Trump presidency. I want to begin with the walls really closing in. The walls are closing in. The investigative walls are closing in. The walls are really closing in. The walls are closing in. The walls are closing in. The walls seem to be closing in. I'm using overusing my cliches. I hate overusing this metaphor of the walls closing in. I mean, we've been saying the walls are closing in for two years, but it feels like they're actually closing right now. And as the walls start to close in on the president as the walls close in he feels the walls closing in uh, the walls are, are closing in is, is the wrong image but but the but the, the bricks are sort of making the roof mm. you know buckle that's the definition of the Buckling. walls that's closing a- in and if this president feels as if the walls are closing in tonight he's right because they are coming up next uh the walls appear to be closing in Welcome back. The walls might be closing in. Are the walls closing in? Are the walls closing in? Sort of where, when you say the walls are closing in, the walls clearly closing in. The walls are definitely closing in. The walls coming, closing in on him. This is it. Mueller's walls. The legal walls. The the walls are the walls. The The walls walls are closing closing in. My favorite's the guy with the British accent. I love that guy. Walls are closing in. It's like when anybody says anything in a British accent, you want to believe him, right? The walls are closing in. It's like a Game of Thrones montage. Anyway, uh, that's what the hope they give their audience. And these national security people have been completely complicit in this. Joining in night after night to go on there and give false hope. I mean, think about it. The former head of the CIA, the former head of the uh, national intelligence, they go on TV and say, listen, when all this comes out, well, it's out. And what do we find? Nothing. But so then they move on to obstruction. They just move on to obstruction. They move on to the next thing. They move on to obstruction of justice. And without missing a beat, they just pick it right up exactly where they left off. At some point, you have to ask yourself, is the media in this country actually dedicated to reporting on a story or are they just trying to provide their audience what they want? 
You know, I, I do not pretend like talk radio is, uh, is journalism. We're not. We're opinion people. Now, we, we shape opinion, too. I definitely believe that. I mean, Mark Levin has been an inspiration to me. He's the reason I got into talk radio. His love of the Constitution fires me up and forces me to be a better talk show host. But, you know, when I entertain my audience in Philadelphia every day, I don't pretend like I'm calling it up the middle. I am not. But they do pretend they're calling it up the middle every day. And they're not. And then they bring on experts who come on and give them BS. And then they just change the narrative. Okay, put away the uh, put away the collusion stuff. And now we have obstruction. And they just change the lettering and then they move on. When the president is angry at the media and he says fake news is the enemy of our country, not the press, not the media, but fake news, that's the kind of stuff he's talking about. Their audiences shrink and then they have to overserve the same audience over and over again. And then the, the reality is, the sad reality is people don't get the truth about anything. The truth is that pundits, progressives, going on and on, they have said now the Mueller report is an explicit invitation to Congress to impeach the president. <clears throat> I don't disagree. It is, because that's what Mueller's team wanted. They wanted to be in a position to give Congress something that they could use to impeach him because they would have felt like they didn't do their job otherwise. And that's what they've given here. They've given two volumes of what they believe could be an opportunity for Congress to bring down this president. None of it adds up, and everything is based on this one fact, this one fact you have to believe. That because the president of the United States is not exonerated by the Mueller report, he's therefore guilty. Imagine if that was our system of justice. Instead of the uh, standard being guilt or not guilty, the standard now is are you exonerated or not? So you have to prove you're exonerated. What kind of a country would that be? Of course, the president was exonerated on on, on a very, very big point, the entire point of a collusion. But he wasn't exonerated on obstruction of justice because if they can make the argument, the only reason why the president did not fire Mueller is because his aides wouldn't let him. Then they can have you believe day after day that if not for those brave aides like Don McGahn, the White House counsel, the president would have done it. He would have done it. They stood in his way. Presidents have enormous power, but most of their power comes from persuasion. There are some powers though the presidency has that are indisputable. The president is a commander-in-chief. The president can launch nuclear missiles. Doesn't need anybody's permission. Doesn't need anybody to agree. He can do that. The president of the United States can fire the special counsel, the attorney general, the deputy attorney general, the FBI director. He can do those things. He's not committing a war crime when he does it. And yet, people say that because they wouldn't carry out his orders is the only reason why he didn't do it and thus commit a crime. What kind of logic is that? If the president really wanted it, do you think that what this whole time he thought Mueller was fired? Like he told Corey Lewandowski, apparently, to tell Jeff Sessions to do this. It didn't happen. Do you think the president just thought it did the whole time? They fooled him. They pulled one over his, uh, his eyes. Or when he told Don McGahn, fire uh, the special counsel, and it didn't happen. Do you think he thought maybe it did? Maybe they told him it did. Maybe they went in there every day and said, oh, Mr. President, don't worry. Mueller's been fired. It's all good. Maybe the president's just in complete denial. Or do you think the better answer is they went back and said, Mr. President, it's not going to happen. And we really don't think you should do it, sir. And he said, fine. I'm blowing off steam. Forget I ever said it. That's my other favorite thing. He says, forget I ever said it. And they say because of that, 
that's also obstruction of justice. So follow this line of thought. You're driving home tonight. You had a fight with your spouse, unfortunately, you know, and it's building up and building up. And you turn to your buddy and say, you know what? That's it. I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm pack my stuff when I get home and go home. And your friend talks to you and convinces you, don't give it another try, marriage counseling, whatever. And you say, fine, forget I ever said it. Now, have you left your wife? No. And are you guilty of obstruction because you told your friend not to tell her? That's the same logic here that we're using. It's the same logic. Presidents are under a lot of stress, especially presidents who hear the walls are closing in on them every single day. So he tells them to do something. They don't do it. He could still make them do it or make somebody else do it, but he doesn't. And the fact that he said, don't worry about it. And by the way, forget I ever said it. That's apparently now obstruction of justice. Think about that. He had the absolute power to do it. He didn't do it, but he wanted to, and therefore it's obstruction. He he had the absolute power to use executive privilege to block parts of the report. He didn't. And yet, obstruction of justice. It's such a such a such a joke. But again, if you think you can make the argument of why it is this president's going down over obstruction, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Show, the great one is off tonight. Rich Zioli from his home base in Philadelphia. Glad you're here. Mark Levin. That's the number for the Mark Levin Show. Great to be with you tonight. Let's go to uh, Todd. He's in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, where I'm broadcasting tonight in Philadelphia. Hey, Todd. Hey, Rich. How you doing? First off, great show. When Mark takes over for Rush, you should definitely take over for Mark. I think <laughs> it's a, a, a natural domino. You're very nice, but thank you, sir. Absolutely. I, I was just trying to piggyback on your earlier point where, you know, you were saying, you know, are people going to get sick of this? The truth is we're already sick of it. And all that's left is the Democrats are making a mistake. They're, they're thinking that this is engagement. There's a reason that it, the, uh, it ended after two years, and it's going to go on for another two years. There's going to be an election, and they're trying to time the market. And when you do that, you get burned. So I think at that point, everybody's going to you know, then be frustrated by it, and they're going to turn out, and it's not even going to be close. I love what you're saying, and I agree with you, by the way. I think your read on this is exactly right. Think about the people that are your neighbors in Pennsylvania, a state that you have to win if you want to be president, right? This is, yeah, I mean, it's the Keystone State more than any time ever in history. It's going to decide, decided 2016, it's going to decide 2020, but this time it's just going to lead the way. Well said. Todd, thank you, brother. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter if you celebrate that. Uh, eight. 7738138111 happy passover if you celebrate that that's why marks off tonight it's great to be with you tonight i want to remind you to pre-order his book i just did and it's great it's uh, all of marks books are great my favorite my personal favorite is men in black but that's cuz that's how i met mark he was speaking at an event that i organized in new jersey and he brought his book and he signed it it's great But when we talk about the unfreedom of the press, think about what Mark is exposing here. He's exposing the fact that there's a narrative out there that says the press is in danger. The press is the victim. The press is being abused. Are any of these journalists in internment camps, did I miss something here? Because it seems to me like they're doing better than ever. Jim Acosta is a household name. Jim Acosta shouldn't have a job. 
But the guy's always at the White House. I know people that supported the president who still haven't been to the White House. Jim Acosta's there every day. And you also have these other people on CNN who are there. Their careers have never been better because of this president. And they owe it to him. And instead, they run around and they go, listen, we're under attack here. It's, uh, it's very dangerous for all of us. We really don't know if we're going to survive the day. We don't know if we're going to make it. Really? If you're that afraid, why do you still go to the White House? Well, we have a First Amendment. We got we to gotta fight for freedom and democracy and blah, blah, blah. Okay, at the same time, how much money are you making in cable news? I'm out of curiosity. I just want to know. You, since Trump's become president, do you think Jim Acosta of CNN has made more money or less money? Do you think his contract is bigger now or smaller than it was? What do you think? What's your gut tell you on that point, huh? I, I got a sense. I got a sense. 877-381-3811. Rich Zioli for the great one coming right back. Lovin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. Of course, here we are in Philadelphia, and uh, God Bless America has just been banned. Yeah, the song and the statue of a woman who sang it covered up, and the New York Yankees have also decided to temporarily ban the song as well. Why? Because the woman who sang it may have uh, also sang songs that were racial parodies in the 1930s. I think there's another reason why. I think that's really just an excuse because um, I think the truth is God Bless America is probably pretty triggering to a lot of people. And now they have an excuse to just not play it. Amazing times we live in. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. Rich Zioli in with you. Glad to be here, fellow Levinites. 877-381-3811. The walls are closing in on the Trump presidency over and over and over and over and over again. Biden is expected to launch a 2020 run next week. Biden's in a tough spot, though, because if he comes out and says he doesn't want to see the president impeached, he's going to make everybody in the party who's right now watching MSNBC hoping he'll be impeached very angry at him. And his chances of winning the nomination, if he doesn't go crazy left, he has no chance of winning the nomination. Of course, if he does go crazy left, he has no chance of winning the presidency. He's in a real tough spot. One thing I can guarantee you, there will be gaffes. This much I know, there will be gaffes. I promise you gaffes. If you're waiting for gaffes, you will get gaffes. Joe Biden's going to run for president. The gaffes will come. I don't see Joe Biden winning because I don't see Joe Biden getting the nomination. I think this party is way too far left. This is no longer... I saw Governor Ed Rendell, my former governor in Pennsylvania... I saw Rendell on TV today saying Joe Biden was the best president of his uh, vice president of his lifetime. And I looked at Ed Rendell and I and and by the way, he's a super nice guy, the former mayor of Philadelphia. And I've had him in, in studio with me before. And I looked at him. I thought he looks yeah, he looks old. I mean, it's. And I think about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and she says new party who dis they mock these old white guys. And, you know, for them, it's all about. The notion of, uh, of of white privilege and uh, being old and all these other things that they attack, that's the base of the Democratic Party right now. It's their base. And their base says if you're an old white guy with privilege, you're you know, you're not you're not welcome here anymore. You're not welcome. If you're somebody who can get along with Republicans, if you're somebody who's not uh, completely insane, we don't want you. They'd rather lose the White House than lose the ideological battle 
and lose the nomination. They would much rather have Elizabeth Warren be their nomination nominee and lose the White House because I'm telling you, and you know this, Elizabeth Warren is not going to win the general election. And Bernie Sanders is, uh, he's their guy, right? I mean, he's the godfather of socialism. But this week I heard it for the first time. As Bernie was defending capitalism, because guess what? Bernie's a millionaire, or he was a millionaire, but now he only makes like $550,000 or something. His book, one's in the bog and basement, but the other book, well, Bernie, uh, being a fact that he was uh, defending capitalism, even though he's a socialist, several people on TV were saying, well, he's got white privilege, you know. I don't know really where they're going, but I do know that if they're even saying Bernie Sanders might be too old and white for them, then I what where where do they go? At the same time that this battle of ideology is taking place in the Democratic Party, the the Mueller problem for them is right there too. House Democrats running out demanding impeachment when presidential candidates would be very wise to not touch it with a ten foot pole, but the base wants it. The base wants it badly. And they demand it. And so if you don't come out and say it, you know, it's like if you want to win the nomination of the Democrat Party right now, I think you have to be a couple things. I think you have to be, number one, uh, well, certifiable. That's helpful. But number one, you have to be pro-Green New Deal. I'm talking about winning the nomination here. I'm talking about the people that live in San Francisco and New York City and Philadelphia. They, they go to brunch on the weekends. They wait in long lines for overpriced pancakes. They want you to be all in on the Green New Deal. And they want you to be all in on Medicare for all. And they want you to be all in on raising taxes on the rich. And they want you to be all in on these things. They want you to be all in on censoring speech, getting the big platforms to agree to censor speech that they deem hate. And if you're against any of those things, you're out. I'm sorry, but you're done. The brunch crowd is not going to like you. Now, Biden's plan, I guess, is to try to run up the middle and say, well, they'll all kill each other on the far left and I'll try to come in. But I don't I don't see it. The major, major problem here for anybody who wants to win Pennsylvania in a general election is uh, is coal. You can't be pro coal and pro Green New Deal and you can't be pro Green New Deal and expect to win a coal state like Pennsylvania. They tried this one. They tried this. And part of the reason why Donald Trump won was he uh, he didn't bash people who were white just because they were white. Because that's racist. And number two, he said he was going to support the coal industry, which is thriving in Pennsylvania and thriving in West Virginia. Now, if you want to be a Democrat and you want to win the nomination, you have to go out there and say, I will shut down coal. I will bring back the war on coal. Good luck with that in the Rust Belt. Good luck with that. But good luck winning the nomination if you say, I think coal gets a bad rap. Therein lies the rub. Uh, 877-381-3811 of the Mark Levin Show. Let us go to Chase in Lubbock, Texas. Chase, how are you, sir? Chase, are you there? I don't think we have Chase tonight. Chase, hope you have a good weekend. Uh, try again if you're still out there. Gary's in Cedar Rapids. What's up, Gary? Yes, sir. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I want to speak to you about the First Amendment and why it was the first and most important amendment of our Constitution. Um, when our founding fathers broke from the king, they were property of the king, correct? They weren't sovereign. Right, right, right. So why don't you just tell me tell me the point instead of the quiz. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the First Amendment was written so your government couldn't punish you for speaking out against the government. Right. 
No, Trump tweets, Trump talks, Trump says what he needs to say. I agree with him. Okay. Our legislative body is trying to punish him for his speech. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Aren't they breaking the First Amendment? Aren't they, aren't they violating uh, the First Amendment of the Constitution? Because they are a governmental body and be a president, but he is still a United States citizen. Right. Okay. If they gra- I'll, I'll give you this. If they draft articles of impeachment over his tweets, we'll talk. They haven't done that yet, so it's hard to say they're punishing him for his speech at this point. If they okay, do that, then, it, then you'll be but, correct. But it doesn't matter. Uh, well, yeah, it does. If they yeah, try to, does, to yeah. arrest him and whatnot. But, yeah. Well, they have a First Amendment right to harass him. He has a First Amendment right to harass them. Yeah, but they can't use that First Amendment to impeach him. But they haven't yet. If they do, then, right, Gary, I totally agree with you, man. If they come after him and they try to impeach him based on the things he said, you'll be 100% right. That does not rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. You're right. You're 100% right. If that, but it, that hasn't happened yet, and let's hope it doesn't happen. Gary, thanks for the call, bud. Have a great weekend. I think a lot of people don't understand impeachment. And uh, I know Mark touched on this last night because I listen to Mark every night after my show's uh, over in Philly. Uh, Mark's on our station here, WPHT, where I'm broadcasting from, so I keep it on. And I think that a lot of people don't understand what impeachment is. They, they think it's a political thing and it could be anything, and it's not supposed to be that. The whole point of our republic is to guard against the whims of passion. So that passion doesn't overwhelm us. It's actually why presidents have advisors. So when their passion gets to the best of them and they want to say fire the special counsel, their advisors who are sober offer rational uh, analysis and say don't do it. And they listen because passion makes men and women and those who are non-gender. Passion makes people do stupid things. Our republic is designed to guard against the whims of passion, the whims of faction. Federalist papers talk about that. And that's why our system of government is designed to be slow. What would be the ultimate thing in terms of giving into passion? Removing a president because you don't like him. The, uh, the people out there angry with the, you know, the pitchforks running around and saying, we got to get rid of this guy. The passion of the masses. And if you had a process that allowed that to happen very quickly, you would have, by this point in our country, we wouldn't be on President 45. We'd be on probably President 87 by now. Founders were very wise, though. They understood that. They understood what passion does to people. Look, passion can be a great thing. I mean, if you've got passion for food, for life, for love, for art, for laughter, for the Constitution, great. It's when passion overwhelms reason and makes people do things that are not in their best interest or not the country's best interest. So our republic is designed to prevent that. It's why originally you had the House of Representatives, the senators were chosen by the states sent to Washington to represent them. A bill becomes a law by a slow, deliberative process. The Constitution's amended by a slow, deliberative process to guard against the whims of faction. And if you just had a president who could be impeached for any little reason and removed from office because people were angry, no, no, no. It's supposed to be high crimes and misdemeanors while he's president, not before he became president. In fact, what he did before he became president is irrelevant. The impeachment clause is literally about him abusing his power as president, as president. He could be the worst guy ever, but he won the election. Guess what? The impeachment clause is not supposed to punish him for being the worst guy ever. If in the course of his presidency they find out he did bad things, 
Well, you can prosecute him when he leaves office, but the impeachment is about the president as president. And certainly the idea of Donald Trump being impeached over this obstruction nonsense is absolute nonsense. His advisors advised him a certain way. He listened. And now apparently the fact that he wanted to do that is obstruction of justice. His advisors advised him a certain way and he listened. Then he said, forget I ever said it. His passion may have gotten the best of him. And he said, fire uh, Mueller. Which, by the way, can you blame the guy? I mean, I'm a pretty passionate guy. I'm Italian, and I've certainly said things before, especially at family functions, that at the time sounded like a really good idea to say. And then afterward, you go, maybe I should probably should have uh, dialed that down a little bit. Well, guess what? If you're the president, you have all these people coming at you. It's very likely you're going to also need to blow off a little steam. And how many times have you said that in life? You know, ah, forget I said it. I'm sorry I said that. Ignore that. I was just I was having a moment. I was having a mood. Now that's obstruction of justice. Imagine what the founders would say. You know, the uh, president's thinking of doing something. uh, His cabinet tells him not to do it. He listens to them. But now they're going to impeach him over the fact that he had an idea that they didn't like, that he didn't implement. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Here on the Mark Levin Show, the great one out tonight for Passover. And I wish you and your family a blessed weekend, whatever you celebrate this weekend. We'll be celebrating Easter. I'll be doing an Easter egg hunt with my kids. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So that'd be a lot of fun. And speaking of passion, kids have a lot of passion for things, right? Adults shouldn't, shouldn't have passion guard and rule their lives. Passion should be a part of life, not the reason why they make decisions. Reason should be the reason why they make decisions. Reason. Reasonable, reasonable thoughts and actions. All right. When we get back, I've got more for you on the audio. Mark talks about this a lot. The unfreedom of the press. Well, I've got lots of examples of it. And a really dumb bill by Mitch McConnell. Shocking, I know. To take away freedom, to take away states' rights, and to give the federal government more power over us. I know. Shocked. Shocked we all are. Here on the Mark Levin Show with Rich Zioli in for Mark. Coming right back. Mark Levin. continues their assault on the president americans are actually just going to go enjoy their families this weekend which is a beautiful thing and you should do that that's the point that they keep missing welcome back to mark levin show 877-381-3811 you know as we look at all this stuff there's a lot of outrage over um uh, all kinds of stuff especially on college campuses in america that's really where this all begins the thinking it's the it's the indoctrination camp there's some uh People who are offended, as you can imagine, on college campuses over speakers, uh, over Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, there are people who are uh, upset that uh, Justice Brett Kavanaugh might speak at their college. There are people upset that Vice President Mike Pence might speak at their college. And they boycott these people, and they don't want to go, and they don't want to hear what they have to say. That's part of the problem, is this notion of, I don't like what you have to say. I'm, I'm upset. I'm triggered. Uh, shut it down. Shut it down. And they want social media to do the same stuff, you know. They want Facebook and Twitter and all these other platforms to shut down speech they don't like. Speech that they find to be triggering and scary and all kinds of other things. And that is part of the reason why we're here right now. But right now, let me go to Ty. He's in Los Angeles, California. Ty, you're on the Mark Levin Show. 
How you doing, Rich? Uh, I just wanted to say that um, after reading the Mueller report, I was pretty scared about the whole obstruction of justice and um, uh, standards. They're pretty vague, and basically, if anything can be construed as obstruction of justice, then you know anybody that is charged can basically go to prison for that crime, since it's a crime of intent, and it's all up to the prosecutor to determine how what my intentions were. And if they do a good job, I guess I'm going to prison based on a really loose uh, statute like that. So I, I really have a problem with um, obstruction of justice uh, statutes like that. Um, it was it was really scary last night. I can understand why the president said, you know, quote unquote, he's, uh, you know, he's done. His pres presidency is done. I can understand why he'd be scared if he saw these kinds of statutes like that that are just really, really loose and just, you know, there's no, they're not tied to actual things. It's all about the nuances, and that it's very scary. Yes, and, uh, you know, the FBI gets a lot of these people by lying to the FBI. And uh, right. lying to the FBI is really where they got Carter Page. Uh, you're trying to get these guys, uh, or George Papadopoulos. I mean, they, they do this, and they, they don't get them for the crime. They get them for a lie, even though there was no crime. Uh, that's why any idea of the president trying to uh, not cooperate that can't be a crime because you, you, you shouldn't even have to talk to the government. The government should not have so much power to get you. They can even trap you into lying about a mundane fact that's that's not even part of the investigation or something you want to cover up. You know, something you don't want to say, but they know you've done. And then they ask you about it and you don't want to be truthful about it. It has nothing to do with the investigation, but you want to hide it. And if you lie to them, that's a federal offense. They can charge you with that. The, the power that they have over the individual here to get them and to scare them and to get them to uh, submit to them, it's it's crazy. And you're right about this point. If you feel like you've done nothing wrong, you co cooperate. I mean, they can say anything you've done is obstruction of justice. They can say a material lie about a date or something like that. It means you're, you're you've committed a federal crime. It's very scary. Hey, thanks so much for the call. Uh, excellent tie. Appreciate it very much. 877-381-3811. Uh, Hour number three is on the way. Romney blasts the president. Shocking, right? What about the other Republicans who are now going against the president even more because of the Mueller report? What kind of a political calculation are they making? And Democrats have to ask themselves this question. Are they willing to lose the White House just to get an ideological nomination victory? Are they happier having a progressive win the nomination but lose the general? Certainly seems that way, does it not? So where will they all be on impeachment and spending lots of money on the Green New Deal? Turns out they are going down a very dangerous path on both, which is great news for Trump's re-election campaign. On a Friday night, the great one Mark Levin is off. Rich Zioli, great to be with you tonight. Hour three straight ahead. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hour number three on the Mark Levin Show as the Clinton world is furious over the Mueller report. Now, why would they be furious? Welcome back. The great one is off tonight for Passover. Rich Zioli with you from... Philadelphia. Why would the Clinton world be upset uh, over the Mueller report? The story from Politico is that they're stewing. 
Yes, veterans of her campaign are uh, outraged. They're outraged. They're stewing over this. Robbie Mook, who was the campaign manager, I always ask the question of what kind of a grown man goes by Robbie. He says apparently it's not criminal to help foreign agents carry out their plans to disrupt an election. I wish instead of just relitigating the past, we would spend some time crafting laws to prevent this in the future. Uh, I have a question. Didn't your campaign work with Fusion GPS to get a dossier, which was helped by Russians and other people, to create a dossier? You know a dossier, the phony dossier, which then led to FISA warrants against innocent Americans and led to the government spying on a presidential campaign, which is something a police state does. Isn't that exactly what your campaign did? Did you not use foreign agents to help disrupt an election? Christopher Steele was, uh, he's British. You know, he's a British spy, Christopher Steele. So why is it okay to work with the Brits, but not the Russians? Although you did work with the Russians because he got information from Russian sources. These people are such hypocrites. They really are. Uh, The media doesn't hold them accountable for any of this. I have another question, too. How is it that Russia almost really completely hacked our election, sabotaged our election, Trump didn't collude with them, but they almost tried to. I mean, they they tried to do all this. Where was President Obama? Where was his national security system? Where was his homeland security? Where were they? Where were they the whole time, huh? I love how people, too, come out and say, you know, if this were Clinton, it would be, uh, it'd be impeachment hearings. It'd be an earthquake. It'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, here's the thing, though. Uh, she did get away with something far, far worse than she actually did. She did get away with it. And that's why this whole investigation started. Let's remember something. It was back in the fall of 2016 when very smart political operatives were predicting that if Donald Trump won, they would be saying it was Russia collusion. Okay, there were very smart people making those predictions. Here's something else to remember, too. The entire investigation, the basis of the investigation was an insurance policy. So here's Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. They're lovers, and they're having this torrid love affair, and then they're talking about stopping Trump, and they say, look, he's not going to win, but on the off chance he does win, we need an insurance policy. The insurance policy is the investigation. Because investigations of a president can cripple a presidency. That, look, that's why they came out and said, and they, you know, said, I mean, the president said, uh, my presidency is is uh, is effed. Because a, an investigation has the power to cause a president to be completely politically neutered. This president fought back. I guess they weren't expecting that. But the reason why they had the investigation was the purpose of having the investigation. The outcome of it was never going to be a thing. That's why when you listen to these liars like Brennan and Clapper, these two liars who should be in jail, both of them, These guys are out there saying things like, well, you know, um, uh, a year ago they were saying, well, we know that he colluded. We know he did all these things. It'll all come out. Now that it's come out, why were they lying back then? Because it was never about the outcome. It was always about the investigation. The investigation was the thing. The investigation was the thing in which they would remove the king. It was never going to be the outcome of the investigation. In fact, I don't think they ever thought the investigation would ever really be over. Now that it is over, they've moved on very quickly to, of course, obstruction, which is laughable. I know you miss Mark tonight. I miss Mark tonight. Mark was on Fox and Friends this morning talking about this very issue. I want to play you a clip of that because what he says here makes a lot of sense. In fact, what he said was also tweeted out by the president tonight. 
Take a listen. This is an op-ed. This is a 200-page op-ed. That's all this is. No prosecutor who wouldn't want to be disbarred would ever produce anything like this, talking, well, this guy said this, and why did the president say that? How do you know? Well, the prosecutor said. Well, who gives a damn what the prosecutor said? He's not God. He's not a judge. He's but not Mark, a jury. But quoting the White House counsel. Doesn't whether or not so the president what? told... Doesn't whether the president told the truth or not matter to you? It matters completely to me. So how do you know this is truthful, Ed? He's the White House counsel. You think he lied to me? How do you know this is truthful, Ed? You have no idea. You know that the prosecutor put words in here that he was told by another individual that has never been challenged. President says he didn't say that. So you have no idea. I have no idea. That's why we have a court of law. That's why prosecutors, damn it, are not supposed to write essays like this. Now we have a special counsel. And the Democrats knew a special counsel could write a report. They're not focused on volume one, which is legal, which does cite law, which was an investigation that found no collusion. That was the purpose of the investigation. Obstruction was not the purpose of the investigation, and he didn't have an obstruction case against the President of the United States, or he would have brought it. I'm using plain English so even Joe Scarborough and Jake Tapper can understand this. Volume two is crap. Volume two was written for slip-and-fall lawyer Nadler, slip-and-fall lawyer Schiff. That's why he wrote it. He knew the media would run with it. Volume 1, Mr. Mueller should have come up to a microphone six, 12 months into his investigation and announced to the American people, I have great news. The president didn't collude. His campaign didn't collude. There's no collusion. I'm shutting down this investigation. I got Manafort. I'll give it to the U.S. attorney in Virginia. I'll give this one to the Southern District of New York. He didn't do it. Why didn't he do that? And right to the end, they're trying to get the president's in-person testimony about something he knew never happened. Now, think about that for a moment in the sense of volume one, it says uh, Russia collusion. There's no collusion. Volume two, obstruction of justice. But if the first part says there was no collusion, why is there a second part? And this is where we come to the point of what the government does to trap people. And they do it all the time. They do it all the time. It's the idea of, well, in the course of our investigation, we found something else. Uh, They lied to us. So what? That's what they got George Papadopoulos on. Well, he lied. But he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but he lied about a meeting. So what? He didn't do anything wrong. That's the problem. And the Mueller report is exactly that. The Mueller report is exactly that. It's the notion of, hey, uh, in the course of the investigation, if the government traps you, well, then tough noogies. You've been trapped, and that's the way it goes. Except for one very important point. If you've done nothing wrong, you shouldn't even have to be in that position. You shouldn't have to be in the position where you're having to have the government try to say you obstructed justice when there was no crime. There was no underlying crime. But, you know, it's funny because uh, it's like how the FBI got Martha Stewart, too. I read a piece today on Reason.com by Nick Gillespie, who said, in defense of lying, uh, when you haven't done anything to the government, and, you know, in defense of lying, when you've committed no crime, the FBI tries to trap you. They try to bring up something that you've done, but you're embarrassed to talk about and is not relevant to the investigation. And if you lie about that, boom, they've got you on a federal charge. So now they brought up something completely irrelevant. The president saying to his lawyer, I, I, I want to fire the special counsel. How is that relevant if he didn't do it? It's not relevant. 
But they bring it up because they want the Congress to believe it's relevant. So now they can talk about something. Oh, obstruction of justice. But it's not relevant. It's no more relevant than saying, well, he lied to us uh, in the course of our investigation. What did he lie about? He lied about a meeting. So what? Did he commit collusion? No. Did he break the law? No. But he lied, so we're getting him on that. So now he's a liar. So now that he lied, we can charge him and we can also spy on him, et cetera, et cetera. So even if the president did say, even if even if uh, what Don McGahn says is 100% true, I don't care because so what? Guy called, The president calls up his lawyer and says, I want Mueller fired. I'm not going to do it. President calms down. Fine, don't do it. Forget we ever had the conversation. Now they put that in there to say this is obstruction of justice. Why? The guy didn't do it. The president didn't do anything. Your first part of the report proves he didn't do anything. So why does the second part then say obstruction of justice of something you just said he didn't do? Oh, because he tweeted about things. Yeah, because he was an innocent guy who was being badgered by the government. And so he tweeted about it. Well, that's obstruction. Of what? You just said he didn't do anything. Literally, the first part of the Mueller report says he didn't do anything. The second part of the Mueller report says, here's why he tried to cover up us proving he didn't do anything. What? How does that make any sense to anybody who has a thinking, functioning brain? It doesn't, but obstruction sounds like a fun word to say. So they bring it out there. It's not a crime to tell your advisor to do something and then not do it. It's not a, a crime to have a thought to somebody that, look, I got to end this. Job. Fire the guy. Let's get rid of it. Uh, bad idea, sir. All right, fine. Forget I ever said it. He's innocent. The Russia report proves that. He did not commit collusion. There was no collusion. He didn't collude with Russia. But the second part is, well, he obstructed uh, the investigation into him not uh, colluding with Russia. And they just run with this. They run with this. And none of it makes any sense. But again, this is what I mean. People like Ed Helms and Fox News and others, they, they, they try to pretend like, well, but he lied. Hey, uh, genius. Here's a thing. Here's a little. Uh, yes, politicians lie. Presidents lie. People lie. Lying in itself is not a crime, you understand, right? Even if the president did lie about telling Dom again to fire the special counsel, who cares? He didn't fire the special counsel. He could have. He could have fired Dom again and put somebody else in who would have made the phone call. Did he do that? No. Why are we having this conversation? Ah, it's frustrating. But again, this is uh, this is why guys like Gerald Nadler uh, are on TV, and this is why people uh, like Gerald Nadler are blowhards who are on TV, because they, they fulfill their obligation. I'll play you his nonsensical cut in a second. Uh, I call George Stephanopoulos the unbiased journalist. Because he's the most biased guy on television. He literally used to work for, I mean, he was Bill Clinton's communication director. If you ever watch the great political documentary, The War Room, you see George Stephanopoulos and James Carville running the Clinton campaign and even threatening reporters who were going to out the, out the candidate back then uh, over his illicit uh, affairs and everything else that he did. Sexual harassment allegations and whatnot. And there's Stephanopoulos dutifully threatening journalists not to print the story. So I call him the unbiased journalist for that reason. He's the most biased guy on television. The fact that ABC News names him their chief political analyst, is, it just shows you exactly where the media is. Could you imagine Rush Limbaugh becoming the chief political analyst of NBC News? Or, or uh, I'll give me a better example, uh, Corey Lewandowski. Anyway, this is uh, unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos with Sarah Sanders today. Cut six. Didn't happen. Sarah- you watched over the last 24, 48 hours as members of the Democrat Party and liberal media, their liberal media allies well, were 
almost sorrowful that something bad didn't happen. Sarah, that was, and that 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 was the first, that was the first headline. was foreign agent for the Russian Sarah, government. Sarah, that was the first headline we had in our hellos right there, saying he didn't reach the conclusion there was a criminal conspiracy. But what the report also does is expose a culture of lying uh, at the White House, the president lying, telling others to lie. And it calls your personal credibility into question as well. We showed that clip from your May 10th press conference where you said it was a slip of the tongue when you talked about countless FBI members. Yet you repeated it twice the very next day. That's not a slip of the tongue, Sarah. That's a deliberate false statement. I said, actually, if you look at what I said, I said the slip of the tongue was in using the word countless. Uh, but there were a number of FBI, both former and current, that agreed with the president's decision. And they've continued to speak out and say that and send notice to the White House uh, of that agreement with the president's decision. James Comey was a disgraced leaker and used Sarah, authorization I, I, to spy on the Trump I've, I've campaign. Got, I've got to no stop you there because you said, you said something else to the special counsel. George. Sarah, hold on a second. The special counsel writes that those comments were not founded on anything. That's what you talked to the special counsel about when you were facing criminal penalties if you didn't tell the truth, but now you're trying to walk away from it. Why can't you acknowledge that what you said no, then was not, not true? I said that the word I used, countless, and I also said if you look at what's in quotations for me, it's that. And it's that it was in the heat of the moment, meaning that it wasn't a scripted talking point. I'm sorry that I wasn't a robot like the Democrat Party that went out for two and a half years and stated time and time again that there was definitely Russian collusion between the president and his campaign, that they had evidence to show it, and that the president and his team deserve to be in jail, that he shouldn't be in office, when really they were the ones that were creating the greatest well, scandal in, in the in, history in, of in our fact- country. Does anybody else find the, this to be ironic? Here's a the current White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders, being called a liar by George Stephanopoulos, who was Bill Clinton's press secretary who lied for Bill Clinton all the time. Does anybody else find the, this to be just deliciously ironic? Let me share this with you. From uh, from his book, All Too Human, George Stephanopoulos, the unbiased journalist, the communications director of the 1992 campaign, recalled in his book, All Too Human, Mrs. Clinton demanded action. We have to destroy her story, she said, according to Mr. Stephanopoulos. This about Jennifer Flowers. In what became a common tactic, affidavits were collected from an aide and two others who stated that they were with Mr. Clinton at the hotel and that... Uh, Ms. Hamsey's story was false. When the work was done, both Clintons called Mr. Stephanopoulos together to offer their thanks. This guy literally lied and covered up for Bill Clinton, and now he's grilling the White House press secretary as ABC News chief political analyst. I mean, you cannot make this up. You just can't make this up. More on this, the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for the great one tonight, 877-381-3811. Coming right back. Mark Levin. on the Mark Levin Show, Hour 3. Let us go to Guillermo in El Paso, Texas. How are you, sir? Yes, yes, sir. I'm doing okay. You're doing very good there, too. Thank you. I have a comment. Uh, uh, This this thing about getting rid of the president has one purpose, and uh, letting all these people coming from south, they have have a purpose, but nobody has has, uh, said the magic word. The magic word is one-party system. One party system here in the United States. That's what they wanted. That's what they want. 
I agree. I agree with you. And, you and then yep. they will get enough people from the south, and later on, they they themselves will close that border. They themselves will do it. As they soon as they get, get enough, enough, people, enough of their people, and, right? They just want to get yeah. enough people so they can stay in power for a long time. Uh, Mr. Obama was planning on it. Me, Mrs. Clinton also, all of them. They just want a one-party system. They want to rig the electoral college. They want to do all kinds of things with the voting system. They want to let everyone vote here that doesn't even have a right. They want a one-party system, and they're on the way to do it. And the only one that can stop that is Mr. Trump. I agree. Well said, my friend. Have a uh, wonderful weekend, and uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it here on the Mark Levin Show. Coming up, president's former lawyer speaks out as CNN covers this in depth, as you can imagine. Rich Zioli from WPHT in Philly in for the great one. Mark Levin, 877-381-3811. Don't forget, pre-order Mark's book on freedom of the press. Do it and get it the day it comes out. You'll be grateful. See you in a second. Establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. What's amazing about all this, of course, is that uh, the president was uh, cleared in part one of the Mueller report. In part two of the Mueller report, they say he tried to obstruct justice, even though part one found him to be uh, 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 cleared of Russian collusion. In fact... I read a piece today and they said something the effect of, well, you know, the president's state of mind. You got to wonder he's talking to his tweeting and he's going on TV. He's calling it a witch hunt and all this other stuff. Uh, so that would make a prosecutor think he's guilty. Really? If, if he was guilty, yet he's cooperating fully. He doesn't shut down the investigation. He keeps everything going. Oh, but his state of mind. Now, what else could cause the president's state of mind? Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Rich Zioli in for the great one. What else could cause a president's state of mind to feel that way? Your president got the weight of the world on your shoulders, literally dealing with crazy people and tyrants and the possibility of war. You're dealing with your party. You're trying to move your agenda through. And every night, every night on TV, they say things like the walls are closing in and uh, and on and on it goes. Uh, Here's an example. Uh, This is crazy Lawrence O'Donnell. Mr. Stop the Hammering from MSNBC. This guy is a nutbag. Uh, this is what he said on June 7th, 2017, all right? June 7th, of 20. so here we are now. It's April of 2019. This is almost two years ago, all right? Lawrence O'Donnell of MSNBC, take a listen. There has been much discussion this year comparing this investigation to the Watergate investigation. Weeks ago, Senator John McCain said this scandal was beginning to resemble the size and the scale of Watergate. And now, tonight, we have arrived at Watergate. This is Watergate. There is no question now that this investigation is covering some identical ground to the Watergate investigation and that the peril to the president is just as great. This is Watergate. Every night, day after day, the same nonsense. Two years ago. What are they doing tonight over at MSNBC? This is Watergate. So maybe the president's uh, state of mind is also, I know I'm innocent. This is nuts. This is crazy. And by the way, a lot of people questioned the constitutionality of the special counsel's appointment. I mean, Mark Levin did, for example. A lot of people did. So questioning whether or not there should be a special counsel and whether or not this is even appropriate 
is certainly a fine point to ask. Again, by someone who knows he's innocent, didn't do anything, didn't commit any crimes. Uh, it doesn't stop, right? This is uh, the media mentioning uh, impeachment now. Okay, that was two years ago. This is yesterday. 309 times in one day. Newsbusters put this together. The media mentioning the word impeachment 309 times in one day, one day, yesterday. Take a listen. Impeach the president. And one of those crimes that he could potentially be impeached for would potentially, if, if there was evidence. Uh, Do you think the Judiciary Committee should start impeachment hearings? Do you think they're going to move ahead with impeachment? Should we impeach? The Mueller report could be a roadmap. A roadmap. Yeah. Roadmap. A roadmap. A roadmap. A 10-episode roadmap for impeachment. impeachment. Perhaps there's enough evidence here to start impeachment proceedings. Impeachment proceedings. Immediate impeachment proceedings. Start impeachment proceedings. Impeachment for impeachment. Impeachment proceedings should be impeached. Impeaching the sensitive issue of impeachment, impeachment proceedings, impeachment, but impeachment with impeachment, issue of impeachment. And if they begin impeachment, he can be impeached. <laughs> impeachment? It's impeach or not impeached. In terms of Im- impeachment. And then there's impeachment. Talking about impeachment. Perhaps of impeachment. On the impeachment question. A conversation about impeachment. Impeachable. Impeachability. Potentially impeachable things. Sort of impeachable looking. The thing that provided the predicate for impeachment. The question of impeachment is squarely on the table. And a way to get to the truth is an impeachment exercise. That impeachment is a remedy. But the avenue for that is impeachment. Go ahead. Move ahead with the move of impeachment. Go for impeachment. Impeach the president. Let's impeach. Because that's what impeachment means. Congress has got to decide if they think impeachment is the right thing to do and then think about the politics. If they think of the politics first, they're probably not going to do it. And Trump's going to walk. Impeach. Did you get that? By the way, they want him to be impeached. Did you catch that? I don't know know if you saw that or not, but uh, yeah, that's 309 times in one day. One day. Of course, impeachability might be my new favorite word. What's the impeachability of this? These these people are just amazing and snarky. And you know what? Outside of the bubble of D.C. and Washington, the average person, all they heard was, well, he didn't collude with Russia. Great. Let's move on. Why are they still going after this guy? Why do they keep going after this guy? I'm telling you right now that normal people are not reading the stupid Mueller report and they don't understand why they're still talking about it and they cannot figure out why, if they said he didn't collude with Russia, why all these people are still saying impeachment, 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 impeachment. They, they, they can't figure it out. People are not stopping their life to read the damn Mueller report. I know that's going to disappoint MSNBC, but it's true. Uh, They're not going to give up the Easter egg roll this weekend to read volume two of the Mueller report. Not going to happen. And yet they keep saying impeachment, 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 over and over. Why? Because the people that tune into their dumb shows want to hear that. That's why. Because they're not actually reporting something. They are making opinions. And by saying it over and over again, they're making it sound legitimate. See, that's the ultimate plan, right? If you can come out there and say something enough so it sounds normal, it sounds legitimate, well, then you've done your job. And they've done their job because that makes it sound just so reasonable, does it not? I mean, this is reasonable. Uh, Of course, as you look at all this, you even have uh, geniuses like uh, Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough. uh, He says to Democrats, Listen, you got to go all in here. And I actually say, go with this. Go with this advice. You'll lose. But hey, what the hell? Go with it anyway. Cut seven. Now, Willie, Mm -hmm. the politician in me says that the Democrats need to keep their head down, focus on, you know, 
uh, issues that are going to matter. I can't take it. Never mind. I can't. I can't do it. It, 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 Would you speed it? I understand your audience needs to be very slow. Like go slow and maybe rewind it. Man, come on. Uh, Mika's not going to let you back on that show, Joe, if you keep this up. I'm just I'm just giving you some advice, just some friendly advice. Uh, 877-381-3811. Let's see here. Ralph is in Red Bank, New Jersey. Ralph, you're on the Mark Levin Show. For taking my call, Richard, you know, you asked the question, what has Obama done? I would really like to prove uh, on what did Obama know? When did Obama know about things, given the fact that he is deeply involved as in the deep state? Now, how about that, huh? How about that? I like it. deep state. Thank you. All right, Ralph. Have a good weekend, buddy. You're right. The deep state, I would love to know that, too. And uh, hopefully we'll get to the bottom of that with the inspector general's investigation of the Justice Department to figure out how all this started. That would be great. Bill is in Princeton, New Jersey. Bill. What's up? How are you? Hey, Rich. Regular on uh, 1210 in the afternoon with you. Hey. Thank you. Nice job. No, seriously. Uh, Nobody's talking about that our attorney general is a human being. He has been castigated by these people on the left. Like he's going to sit on his hands and he's not going to investigate all this stuff. Lindsey Graham in South Carolina is going to be right up their rump. And I'm going to tell you right now, these people have something coming at them because what they're doing, not they're doing, oh, my God, it's awful. And you know what? Joe Biden has no chance in Pennsylvania. I mean, I, I, come on, his day's over. Oh, I agree with you. I, I agree. But I also think he might be the best shot they have because he's not, he doesn't sound completely nuts all the time. I, I don't know who else they have who could even, Rich, Rich, you know. Rich, Rich, come on. Come on, he's knee-deep in this Obama stuff. This thing is right up to Obama. Nothing went on without Obama knowing it. Oh, I agree. Without Loretta Lynch, all these people are in deep. The, the CIA director, the national security guy, every single one of them are dirty. They are so freaking dirty. This makes Watergate look like, you know, uh, ripping off a, a, a pop stand for 10 cents instead of 5 cents, you know, for an ice cream pop. Come on. Well Man. said, Bill. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. Have a happy Easter. I, uh, I Look, I don't disagree with you. I just think that uh, if Biden can't win Pennsylvania, who the hell can on their side? Yeah, I, the, that's what I mean. The, the crazy, the level of crazy on the Democratic Party is insane. The energy is all on the left, the extreme left. Which is good news for Trump's re-election campaign. Uh, Steve is in Berlin, New Jersey. Steve, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Yeah, hi. I know you had mentioned about Watergate. And the ironic thing with the Democratic Party when they talk about Watergate, Watergate, with the Trump campaign, is the fact that back in the day, what Nixon was trying to prove is that they were taking campaign money from the Russians and wound up leaving office over it. But yet, on the other side, we have the Democratic Party, you know, wiretapping in Trump's tower and all these other things. And yet, this guy has the nerve to sit there and talk about Watergate, Watergate, Watergate. You know, it's just ironic how how they uh, can say one thing and not really get all the facts to go. I don't even know if the guy ever knows what Watergate was all about. <clears throat> and if the guy had a chance to prove 
that the Russians were taking out because they were scared to death between Nixon and Kissinger, and they wanted him out. If anybody would want them in office, it would have, you know, Putin would have wanted Hillary Clinton, for God's sake, for all the things that she was doing with the Russians behind everybody's back with, you know, our Uranium One deal and all these other different things that she did when she was in office. You know, Putin would have had his arms around her. Well said. Thanks, Steve. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Uh, 877-381-3811. The notion, though, of of this uh, obstruction claim, right, that uh, the president obstructed justice here, which you're going to hear over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, Ask yourself another question here. If the president wanted to obstruct justice, why would he let the report go public? Why would he even let the report out? Why would he cooperate in any way, shape, or form? He did not use executive privilege. He didn't have to release this report, you know. Now, Gerald Nadler, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, he wants the entire report, the whole report. He wants it all. Okay. Uh, You know what's funny about Gerald Nadler and all this is that he's got a long feud with Donald Trump. It goes back 30 years to New York and I think that Gerald Nadler, uh, the president, used to poke fun at his weight back then. And I, I think he's just, he, he takes it very personally. Hell hath no fury like a former, you know, a kid who's, you know, uh, I don't want to shame anybody. But you know what I mean? Like, uh, he's, got, he's bullied and now he wants to get back at him. Now that he's got the gavel, you know what I mean? He's got a, all those fat jokes. Now he's got the gavel. Because Gerald Nadler knows that it, this doesn't matter to to the world. It doesn't matter to the Democratic. In fact, it could hurt the Democratic Party. Yet he's all in. And I'm telling you right now, nobody wants to say this because it's not politically correct to say it, but I don't really care. Gerald Nadler is a former fat guy who was mad at the guy who called him Fat Jerry. And that was Trump back then who called him Fat Jerry. Now, uh, I think that he's uh, he's lost weight. And now that he now he's got power and he just he wants revenge. He does. Sometimes it's just that personal life. It really is. Because look at this from a 30,000-foot level. Is this good for the Democrats to keep going out? No, it's not good for them. But yet he's coming. Jerry's coming. He's not giving it up. Why not? Because for him, it's about, it's pers- it's revenge. It's teaching this guy a lesson. There's not a Democrat in their right mind that really believes they should go down the road of impeachment. They know it's going to make Trump more powerful. They're not saying that. They, they, they know it's going to make Trump more powerful. They know it's going to be exactly like what happened with Bill Clinton, where the effect is going to be an absolute boomerang effect where they come and they're more endeared to him. But they don't want to say it because Nadler has the gavel and Nadler's not giving up the gavel and Nadler wants revenge. The guy that the president used to call Fat Jerry is now Chairman Nadler, as some article on Politico, I think it was, said. And he wants revenge. This is personal for him. You you you'll know what I'm talking about here as this goes on and more Democrats try to just not talk about it anymore. Remember, there was a time when they they were out there saying, let's not talk about impeachment anymore. Let's not do it. They realized how bad it was and they're right back doing it again. And they can't get the gavel out of Jerry's hands. And that's the problem for them. Oh, Jerry's making this very, very personal which is a very dumb thing, because as I said earlier to you, when passion overwhelms reason, you make mistakes, big mistakes. Rich Zioli in for the great one. Mark Levin coming right back. Mark Levin. thinking you're thinking wait a second are are you you're not fat shaming are you no i'm not that's the point 
Daily Beast. It was their article, and that was the headline. The guy Trump called Fat Jerry is Chairman Nadler now. The congressman who stood his ground against a developer in New York is up against the president in Washington now. The Daily Beast skews to the left, if you couldn't uh, gauge that by their unbiased headline. Uh, Yeah, their fights go back 30 years. And because uh, Donald Trump loves giving people nicknames, back then it was Fat Jerry. And uh, Nadler back then was a huge guy. And so they were fighting over all kinds of different things. And Nadler was trying to use the power of government to crush Donald Trump and his uh, his innovation. I know that's shocking, right? And now he's uh, Nadler's lost some weight and now he's got once revenge on the guy who bullied him, as he puts it. Even though Gerald Nadler used the power of government to bully a developer named Donald Trump over and over and over and over again in New York City. And had Nadler had his way, uh, New York City would not be as the, the, the kind of development that it has now, which has greatly benefited New York City because Nadler were to try to stop it. But anyway, the hell hath no fury like a former fat kid. I mean, that's just... A, listen, I wore uh, husky jeans in college. I'm just saying, I... I might know a thing or two about this. I'm not judging. I'm just uh, reading you a headline. Uh, Rose is in Long Island on the Mark Levin Show. Hello, Rose. Great show tonight. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say that maybe they should dumb it down a little further. If they don't understand the report, I mean, it's in black and white. I don't, you know, what are they going to go after President Trump for? He's doing an amazing job from all this controversy that he has to deal with day in and day out. He's an amazing man. He really is. Well said, my dear. Thank you for the call. Have a blessed Easter weekend. Uh, absolutely. You too. Thank you. Have a great time. And, you know, don't forget, by the way, to pre-order Mark Levin's book. I, I just want to mention that uh, I've read all of Mark's books. Uh, like I said, he's the inspiration for me getting into talk radio. It was Men in Black, which was the one that uh, really inspired me back then. But uh, all of them are great. And the new one, which is on Freedom of the Press, could not come at a better time, in my opinion. Look, I I think I've spent the last uh, three hours with you. Thank you for hanging out with me, by the way. I appreciate it very much. The Great One will be back next week, and that's good because I am certainly the lesser Great One. Uh, Anyway, uh, the freedom of the press, I've made a good case tonight, I hope, that the media has been in on this all along, pushing the impeachment narrative, pushing the collusion narrative, and now they're pushing the obstruction narrative. They have been pushing this day in and day out trying to satisfy their viewers, trying to satisfy the small shrinking audience that they have, that this is happening. And even though the president is vindicated, I mean, vindicated on no collusion, they just dutifully changed from the word collusion to obstruction. It's so sad what they've become in this country. And the truth is, to make money, to stay in business, to feed the small dwindling audience they have, they got to serve them what they expect every night. And now they expect to have an obstruction, 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 obstruction talk night after night. Hey, thanks so much for being here. It's an honor to fill in for the great one. You can catch me on Twitter at Rich Zioli or back on WPHC in Philadelphia again on Monday. Have a very blessed weekend to you and your family. Thanks to Mr. Producer and Justin and Christian. I'll be back with you and the great one will next week. Thanks again. 